You're listening to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that brings you the very best of highlights from Scoreline on KCLR each and every weekend. We've a packed one for you again this week where we're going to be hearing from Kevin Hennessy, the latest on Greyhound Racing, Gary Marr on Evergreen's chances in cup competitions with an eye on the Pat Marr Shield final. Gary Keogh joins the conversation from Marble City Boxing Club. On boxing, we're also joined by pro boxer Eric Donovan about his new podcast, Hooked on Health with a look at Ireland's Olympic chances. John Corrigan joins the conversation on the KCLR McCallman Cup draw. And Davy Jones talks to us about the reopening of gyms across Kilkenny, including his own Davy Jones Fitness. But first, given their win in Croke Park against reigning league champions Galway on Sunday night, Kilkenny are the Camogie League's 2021 Division 1 champions. Martin Quilty and Anya Fahey were on commentary duty for KCLR, and after the match, Martin spoke with Michaela Keneally, Aoife Norris, Mary O'Connell, and first Kilkenny manager Brian Dowling. Brian Dowling, we're back on the pitch in Croke Park here again. League champions, what a fantastic victory here this evening! Ah, yeah, it's brilliant. Look, suppose anytime you come up here and there's a trophy, you want to try and win it. And uh, you know, I suppose the first half was a bit flat, maybe again. But you know, the second half I thought was probably one of our best performances for a long time. You know, I just think these girls, you know, their their work rate, their heart, and determination there in the second half was unbelievable. I just think we took over on the half back line midfield, and our forwards just really got into the game. You know, we were struggling for space in the first half and shouldn't get a few scores. But look, I think Ifedi was goal, you know, straight down the middle, just went for it, and that's what you like to see. You said to me last week you didn't want to be seen as the team that came back from behind again but it seems to be working for you because you okay you were behind at half time but what a start in the second half and as you said Aoife's goal really set you going forward then for the victory. Yeah I suppose we're improving like the last two weeks it was the last 15, 10, 15 minutes so at least today was the last half an hour so maybe we'll get there one of the days we'll hurl, hurl for the hour but look you're playing teams like Galway you're never going to stay on top for the full game. Um, I suppose when you are on top that's when you need to get the scores and we, I think we scored 1-6 without replying the second half and we got a goal there and I suppose we could have dropped the heads and said look geez, this is not going to happen for us but you know, these girls just came back got a score thing straight away down the pitch and you know like I said to you last week it's a long time since these girls have lost the game and you know you just get confidence from that and you have great belief that you just don't want to lose and I suppose you, you find a way to win and again second half you know subs that came in there had a huge energy and you know, that's what it's all about this team and the whole panel, in all fairness, throughout this league campaign has shown great character. To come from behind so often, in the manner that they're doing it, you must have been happy, especially as you said, after the Galway goal went in. They didn't panic either, went on and claimed a famous victory. Yeah, no, because that only comes from winning, you know, and winning the All-Ireland last year, I suppose, you know, that, that belief is there, you know, I suppose people are saying up to that couple of years of losing All-Irelands, you might have doubts in your head, but, you know, I think we just have that belief now that we can stay winning and stay going and... You know, again, just I can't praise these girls a character. And look, we had a very honest chat last Tuesday. You know, we last Tuesday night in training, we kind of felt we 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 let our standards drop. You know, and we we weren't the, the team we were last year. We weren't working hard enough all over the pitch. And everybody agreed, and everybody just said we're going to come up here and give it one hell of a battle. And whether that was good enough or not, you know, fair enough. But we weren't going to leave here without putting in a huge effort, a huge performance. And you know, and to win with it, then obviously is a huge bonus. And look, our, again, our bigger picture is the championship. Um, you know, we look at the league to try and find a few players, try and work on a few things, you know, we've a plan, you know, in place the next couple of weeks, tough couple of weeks training, get these girls up to fitness, you know, we've done very little fitness work uh, with them because we'd match every week, so, you know, we want to be careful with injuries, so we've three hard weeks ahead of us now and, you know, that's just get girls up, get, you know, get the fitness into the legs and we'll hit the championship running then, hopefully. 
might be three hard weeks but success breeds success it's going to be a lot easier facing down three hard weeks after a victory like that today so it, it'll be a joy to go I think for the three weeks for the girls and for yourselves especially after that win yeah, well I hope so anyway you know um, I look these girls after just since I've been involved on you just they live for Kilkenny Camogie you know and I just can't praise them enough you know the, the effort that they put in anything I ask them to do you know they do is they're just, just unbelievable dedication and you know they, they, they love wearing the Kilkenny jersey and you know it's just absolutely brilliant to, to see your families here tonight you know the players you know straight away as, as soon as we could everyone went over and you know embraced their families and that was something that missed probably in, in December last year so it was nice to share that special moments with the families and you know even I don't know what's the full 3,000 here but it's um, you know it's funny even a stadium as big as this you still hear the crowd there when you're getting on top it's, it's, it's great to have a crowd back and hopefully in the championship we'll have a lot more Yeah they certainly pushed the girls on especially in that last couple of minutes and into injury time there as well must feed off but you have seemed to brought a sense of calmness and yet rootfulness to the or rootlessness I should say to the squad so your persona and your character must be uh, rubbing off them in some way Brian I don't know about that um, I'm not too calm at times but uh, I know look we say it we just keep telling the girls like stick to the game plan and, and you know and stay working hard and, and things will happen you know like Aoife Dyle, for example, there was probably out of game in the first half and she got a great point and then she just took off in the second half, you know, I think finish at 1-2 or 1-3 and, you know, that's probably the difference this year with some of these girls maybe in, last, in years gone by they might have hidden their shells and, you know, things didn't go out. Steffi Fitz missed the ball and she came in but, you know, got on with it and was involved in a couple of scores after that so you know just have to stay going and stay going like you know and it's just great to see well fantastic victory no doubt you'll celebrate tonight before you go into the the, you'll get home alright go into the hard knock of the the championship we have Galway in the group stages as well another good campaign coming up Ah yeah, look, it's it was we'll we'll enjoy this for ne- next day or two, and then Wednesday night we're back training flat out, and um, you know it's we're hitting the, we're back training on Wednesday, so it's going to be you know much time to think about it. But look, we have to get ready for a championship then in a couple of weeks, and obviously we're a very tough group, and it's obviously important to come out of that group, you know, and Galway are, are there, Clare are there, Westmead are there, so look, we'll we'll worry about that during the week, and we'll get the girls up up to speed and up to fitness, and look at things that we can improve on. But look, there's a lot of positive Eden Crow Park tonight and said any time you, you leave here as champions it's great so look we're delighted well thanks a million for a fantastic uh, league victory and all throughout the league for all your time as well well done tonight and go enjoy it okay, thanks Martin thank you Ethan Harris you have a big smile on your face league champions for 2021 your overall feeling of what looked to be a very tough game out there yeah it's, it's brilliant like to add that to the All-Ireland last year it's it's something that we wanted to do, and but more so, I think it was just getting the performance today, win, lose, or draw. But once we were happy with our overall performance and build that into championship, then so yeah, the girls worked so hard all over the field, um, and it was just a great performance. I thought hopefully it was a good watch. Slow start again. <laughs> it seems to be the team for Kilkenny this year, but you never panicked. And after the break, what a start! Like to go ahead and Eva Dyle's goal setting it up. You must have thought, well, we're on the road to victory here now. Yeah, it's something that we're working on. We know that we were slow starting the last and the last two matches. You could say we got out of jail. So it's something that we really wanted to to put down today and start with today. So we were delighted with the start after half time, and we're building like we're building for championship at the end of the day. So we're happy. As I say, we're just happy to get the performance today. You must have been very happy when you saw that ball deflected from uh, Siobhan McGrath in around the forward. What a fantastic save. Really helped Kilkenny push on and win. Yeah, look, I think I just got in the way at the end. I didn't know too much about it, but it's been something that I've been working on, one-on-ones coming out, so I'm delighted that I got it. Um, yeah, happy to contribute. To add a league final to the All-Ireland final win last December and now player of the match today as well. What a day. Exactly, what a day. And it's not over yet. We're building for September, so hopefully we'll be back here again to add another All-Ireland to that. Well, congratulations. Go enjoy the celebrations. Thanks very much. Thanks very much.
Mary O'Connell, good victory tonight over Galway in the league final and three points to your name. Happy woman, I'm assuming. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Any day you come to Coke Park and win a bit of silverware is a good day. Um, you know, we'll enjoy this for a few days and then we'll reset and focus on the championship for the coming weeks. The team has shown great character. Coming back again, Limerick. Coming back last weekend against Tipperary. Down at half time again today, but by God, you came out the traps in the second half. Yeah, I think um, we're giving ourselves a bit of work to do in the second half. But um, look, sure, you know the game is, is not over until the final whistle blows at the 68 minute, and we know that. And um, I suppose the last day we only won in the last three or four minutes, um, and again today, you know, we had to we had it all soon in the second half. But look, that's that's what that's what it's all about, and we'd have it no other way. From your own point of view, you must have covered every blade of grass that was out in Cork Park today. There was one minute we looked at you, you were back in your own 20 metre line trying to win the ball. You done Trojan work today. The forwards, all of you, work very, very hard. You must be happy with the performance overall. Yeah, overall we're happy. Um, I suppose the lads, you know, the lads, the management are always are always preaching to us about hard work and work rate, and it starts in the forwards. You know, like we know our backs are unbelievable. We know they'll throw the kitchen sink every day at, at other teams. So it's up to the forwards to bring that work rate. And fortunately today we we worked that bit harder. All earned title in the bag, league title in the bag. Doesn't uh, sound too bad when you're going into the championship for 2021. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But uh, look, we're, we're the team to beat now, I suppose. And um, you know, like all the teams, even with the league, like Tipperary, Limerick, they're absolutely brilliant, and they're going to be huge contenders for the championship. Like both days, they could have beaten us, and there's today Galway as well. So and there's Cork. Like the championship's going to be a brilliant championship, I think, this year. Brian said you have three hard weeks of training ahead of you before championship. It'll make it all the easier, though, I'm assuming, after a victory like that tonight. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, you're going in on a positive note and, you know, you get a bit of confidence from winning as well. But, yeah, I can, I, I can only imagine the next three weeks now will be a bit of a tough graft. But, uh, look, that's what it's all about. Well, we certainly look forward to the championship. Well done and a fantastic victory tonight and best of luck on the championship coming forward. Thanks very much, Martin. I'm here at Michaela Keneally after Kilkenny winning the Division 1 Littlewood Ireland Camogie League final. Michaela, a superb performance from yourself. Talk us through the first half there. Thanks very much, uh, Anya. Um, I suppose starting off, we probably slow start starting off and um, you know didn't rightly get going. Um, I suppose went in a half time then. We knew that we had to kind of up it from there. Um, and I suppose players then kind of from the half time then just kind of really came out of the blocks and... Mm-hmm stood up um, and just kind of went on from there I suppose hard work um, and just kept tracking back and just went on from there I suppose yeah. I suppose kind of looking at it in the second half we did see a U-turn in performance from Kilkenny, Aoife Doyle coming out of the block scoring 1-1 you know were you talking about this at half time like or you know I suppose the last couple of games you've been quite kind of slow maybe at the start, was this something that you've been kind of dwelling on and something that you needed to kind of change over like especially in the second half Look, we knew that, I suppose, coming out that when we got the ball, we just had to run at him, yeah. run at him, use, like, Aoife, absolute unreal pace. She just had to get the ball in her hand first, and then, I suppose, after that, just take take him on. Um, so that's exactly what she did. Um, and we just, we like, I suppose, Brian and the lads there at halftime, they, like, we knew that we had to up it if we wanted to win the league final. So, you know, I suppose fair play to the girls. And I suppose now focus is going to turn swiftly towards championship. Um, I suppose, were you kind of looking at today as maybe a stepping stone towards championship? The fact that you have Galway in the championship now, or, you know, is it just kind of, let's just do the league one game at a time? Yeah, well, look, I suppose the, the league is great, I suppose, you know, for a lot of girls there getting a chance to 
put down a marker and you know get a run um, on the team. So I suppose yeah, it would be you know a building you know a building stone. But I, I presume like there's going to be a lot of hard work there the next four or five weeks before championship as well before it starts kicking off. Okay, perfect. Uh, just personally, Michael, I'd love to say that you had a great game today, and uh, best of luck in the rest of the year. Thanks very much, Anya. From Camogie to Matters Fitness, here's Davy Jones of Davy Jones Fitness. Yeah, we're back open now two weeks. Um, tomorrow now, yeah. And it's yeah, it's been a long time. It's basically been in bones of a year and a half now. Um, without being open properly, we've been opening off and on a little bit here and there. But thank God now we're back fully and hopefully no more lockdowns. Fingers crossed, that's the main thing. I, like I mentioned that you're a fitness fanatic and a business owner because there's two different... The theories or thought process behind it because there's one as someone who loves going to the gym and who loves being in that environment it must have been very tough but as a business owner as well and you were somewhat in your infancy you weren't too long into the Davy Jones Fitness being opening so what was it like as a business owner first off? Yeah it was hard like I suppose like the rest of the country a lot of business owners suffered big time due to COVID um, we were just open we just had the gym open just over a year and then we had to close and I think Jim suffered um, big time due to COVID unfortunately I just think uh, a lot of thought wasn't really put into why they closed them down as long I don't think personally I don't think they should have been as closed as long there was no really outbreaks in gyms or any, anywhere like that so but yeah it's done now and, hof- and hopefully now we can just move on and we're open now so that's the main thing and on to the future and that means more people coming into the gym they're working on themselves there's the positive mental benefits of it the, obviously the physical uh, tributes that you'll be able to gain for yourself what advice would you have people that might be a bit apprehensive maybe about coming back or have come back and might be even a bit disappointed that their fitness wasn't at what it was obviously being in lockdown would lead to a bit more of a lethargic lifestyle by complete circumstance that was the case that you probably couldn't really do much or do what you were used to you couldn't go for your long cycles you couldn't go for your long runs or and you couldn't go to the gym obviously so what advice yeah. would you give people coming back um I'd, I'd recommend people come back maybe at like a saint area on come back like a 60 or 70 percent effort towards what you were doing before don't go straight back in to what you think you you, you were doing before she's two things could happen you just kind of get demotivated first first of all because you won't be able to do as much and then second of all then you can get injured you know the, the main thing is getting back is getting back into the gym is the main step and after that then slowly build it up and slowly get back with your nutrition a lot of people I see now have slipped off the track with their, with their nutrition over the last year or so and along with the exercise like, and it's all it's basically just all bad habits you know we, we, got, we all got into a bit of a rut of not doing exercise and eating a bit more bad food and stuff like that and and yeah. drinking at home as well uh, home, alcohol yeah. as well at home that the, the calories in alcohol alone are quite, are quite significant yeah big time yeah and it's, it's all just bad habits that people we all not people but we all got into like you know and, and the main thing is now to get back into it and get back going to where, where you are and yeah and go from there then again and from like I, I, I get in this argument quite a bit with people in terms of uh, weightlifting. Um, weightlifting, what's your opinion as someone who's a professional in this? Is that a good form, say, to lose those pounds? Is that a good... Because I see people that are telling me just bust into the cardio, do some basic weights. But I was someone that liked lifting heavy as well mm. uh, at a stage, not as much anymore. So it, is weightlifting really conducive to losing weight and losing some of those pounds? Yeah, and my thoughts would be, be be a lot more beneficial than any sort of cardio, really. Um, but both combined is the best formula for, for weight loss. Um, 
nine yeah nine years ago I lost 12 and a half stone and I made a big mistake of it I didn't do any um I didn't do any weights all I did was cardio I was doing like at one stage two two and a half hours sometimes even three hours of cardio each day uh running cycling or whatever it be swimming and um my knees suffered my hips suffered my ankles suffered just all the surrounding muscles around those body parts weren't um strong enough and i didn't do any weights and then when i realized that i'm not getting anywhere here only getting injured then i started lifting weights and then i started getting a bit stronger and then the pains went away then i realized then right this is the way forward and i actually got leaner then by lifting weights then for, for, for previous to that when i was losing weight like i wasn't I wasn't getting any lean. I was losing weight, all right, but I was still high enough body fat for someone who was low in body weight, like, you know. So, like, when people are coming in to say Davy Jones Fitness, are they particular plans that they can take up, or is it that you go in, you allow them to kind of get a feel for the place, let them check out, see what suits them, see what they like, or can they get personal plans developed for them? Yeah, so we do three main things, really. We do um, normal gym membership, where people come in, they sign up, we give them a plan if they want one or they can work away themselves. We can sh- we'll show them around the place, obviously show them all our machines and all our different rooms and stuff like that. We have a strength conditioning room, we have all our machine room, studio, stuff like that. And yeah, basically they work away on their own accord then with a little bit of help from ourselves. And then next step up from that then is what we have is kind of a group training um, situation there. It's called gym coach. So people come in certain hours of the day, morning and evening. And they get trained by our trainers um, in small groups, basically. And then our third option, then probably the most beneficial one, would be our personal training. So it's our one-to-one, or we can do we can take two or three people at a time either. But the, the trainer is devoted to them the whole time that they're there, and they're working off that then, and you go from there. Yeah. And wh- why was the why is the one-to-one more beneficial um, for for somebody? Obviously, maybe the more focus. I noticed having a gym buddy would have been the way I like to train before yeah. you kind of push each other and stuff like that but is the personal development plan it, as it suggests it's it's completely dedicated to that person and completely catered to them yeah it's just because it's just we all, we're all so different we all have different goals different body types and we just want we all want different things out of the gym so by doing your own thing you probably might not know what to do and how to do it but by going straight into personal training the person can show you exactly what to do and get you there faster in a safer way, like you know. And competitively, then for for yourself, you know, competing in strongman tournaments, and you're in Ar- you're like crowned Ireland's strongest man. And uh, what's that been like? Have you still been able to maintain some type of training? I see you're on your Instagram and some of the posts. You're throwing kegs, like actual beer kegs. Uh, I I could have helped you finish those beers if you if you wanted it, just in case in the future. But you were throwing them like two stories high absolutely crazy stuff so I, have you still been able to maintain that type of training yeah I was lucky I had a, 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 the first lockdown I brought down a lot of equipment to my own gym um, in my own shed at home and I was working away there and I was training then in a home all the time I was lucky throughout the lockdowns and then when I was able to go back up travel back up to Kenny up to up to the gym here in Kenny David Jones Fitness so I was able to work away there so I was lucky in the sense that I could train. I had nothing else to do, really. So <laughs> all, I, all I did was train. But, yeah, I was lucky that I had access to everything, like, you know. Yeah. It, 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 and it's such a, a mad 
concept for me because it's a different type of training completely like as I mentioned the kegs there but then when you're watching strongman tournaments you have the boulders you have a different type of, of strength than what people mm. people would be generally accustomed to so when people come are coming into the gym like do you get that going I want to be a strongman and show me how you do it because it's a very different form of training it's not like a chest press and, and normal stuff like that there's a huge amount of even mobility and movement involved in the way you're lifting and your form so do you get people coming in asking to to compete in strongman no I think they have a bit more sense than that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no it's usually what, what we, do, we do cater for mostly is uh, people with weight loss and people just looking to get fitter and and healthier and just more normal people will say rather than myself but yeah people will be they, they're always very all our members are very interested in what I do and stuff like that you see it on social media and stuff like that and it's it's great to hear their um their stories and how they like seeing all that um, kind of stuff but that's just what I'm into and that's what I like doing and everyone has their own thing some some people like running and cycling some people like just going to the gym and lifting weights and you know everyone has their own thing and that's just that's just my thing like you know one of the big things for me and I know a few people and I know that I think you are a big advocate judging by your 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 Instagram is the types of likes of recovery mm. so I see you taking a lot of ice bats and stuff like I manage a soccer team and trying to get them to do a warm down after a game and a few stretches is absolutely impossible yeah. but also on the flip side of things I I go to David Roach and he, he looks after some of my fitness uh, things but like he's a big proponent in in preparing yourself for the workout as well like John Cena everyone knows who John Cena is you can't generally see him but you know who John Cena is but like he's a, he, he's a 45 minute warm up and then he does his weights and then he has his recovery sessions and for people that are jumping head first into these things coming back into the gym so eager I busted myself on the first day but they're so eager but there's that recovery that people need to look after themselves as well so there's there's a fine balance between the two yeah, definitely. Like you know, and just for the, for the normal person, even who wants to, just wants to get fitter and stuff like that, and they start weight training, like you're going to be very stiff and sore after. So I'd recommend go for a, a light walk and stuff like that, and um, stretch out after. And then for the more person who's a little bit more serious into, it, like you were saying, the, the the guys who are playing soccer or hurling or rugby stuff like that, same idea. All your stretching is very very important. Your warm up is most important, I think. Or like every session I, I train I do at least 15-20 minutes of a warm up before I touch any weights and then a little bit of stretching afterwards and then for the little more advanced lads the likes of the ice bats and jacuzzis and saunas and like you said physio Davy Roach is very good uh, here in Kilkenny and, and stuff like that like that's really beneficial for the people who want to push harder in their given sport like you know yeah because I come in I might roll a few shoulders and so the other and if I see someone else doing a different kind of warm up but that that it could break you up like after a while especially after such a long layoff and you're not used to these type of movements again so like the the, the apprehension that people might have or the uh, not apprehension the excitement that people might have coming back may actually prove to be a bit detrimental to them if they're not properly taking care of it and then there, of course there's the nutritional side of things as well what you're eating the protein that you're getting i'm a vegetarian so it's it's quite for me to get protein i i need to eat different types of things and sometimes that's not on my consciousness and i wonder why i'm not being able to lift what i used to be able to lift so there's a huge huge balance in it a balance and act between your food your warm-ups your workouts and i assume by getting the likes of personal training with davy jones you'll be able to kind of get a better handle on it 
Yeah, it's just it's just better advice. It's it's you're going into a person who's has that uh, information, who has has that experience. Like, do you know what I mean? It's the same way as you wouldn't just jump in and start trying to drive a car if you never did it before. You go to a driving instructor and they show you. You go to someone who can drive and they can show you. You're just going straight into a situation, a perfect situation where someone has gone through all this. They're after getting advice of someone that's more educated than them, and then you're passing it on to this person. And they're showing you how to do things right, how to eat right, how to train right, how to recover right, show how many sessions a week you should do, what's beneficial towards what your goal is. It'd be you know, build muscles or lose weight or whatever it be. Or even some people, just, a lot of people now, especially after COVID, they're just you know, for their mental health. And that's a big thing now as well. Like, you know, um, with gyms, I find a lot of people that come into our gym is just, you know, the main thing they're there is for, for their mental health is get out of the house, get go out and socialise with people talk to people and get a bit of training done and it makes you feel better like you know yeah I find myself singing when I'm coming out of the gym uh, yeah. a, a lot lately you're kind of having a bit more of a skip in, in your step as opposed to just going home and staring at walls yeah. which is what I was kind of doing for the years so um, Davey if people are liking what they're hearing where can they get in touch Davey Jones Fitness on uh, Facebook Instagram and you call into the gym anytime we're up in Hebron and Estate, unit 10 to 13 Call in any time and chat, chat away to us about what you want to do and we can take it from there. Davey, as always, it's an absolute pleasure and uh, we'll have an article up on scoreline.ie as well with all the links to that. But Davey, until then, best of luck. Do you have a tournament coming up very soon? Yeah, we have um, Republic and Ulster Strongest Man coming up in the 25th of July. I should know this, 25th of July. <laughs> um, it's in my gym, the 25th of July next month. I'm the current Republic of Ireland Strongest Man and we have the current Ulster Strongest Man coming down and all the rest of the guys competing for the title are coming down too so if anyone wants to come down and have a look at it and, and everyone wants to see what Strongman is, is what it is in person it's more than welcome Next up it's John Corrigan on the KCLR McCallment Cup draw In tradition now for the past two, three weeks, we are going to do the live KCLR McCalmont Cup draw. There was a lot of games on today, eight in total, 16 it was down to. We did the draw last week at half five. I'll just give you some of the results. New Pack A are through to the next round after defeating Highview Athletic A. Big scalp there for New Park. 3-2, so no doubt a cracker game. Thomastown United A go through over Clover United. St. Canis's lost out to Fort Rangers 5-1. Callum United lost out on penalties to Dean Celtic. It was 2-all all the way up in full time into extra time, and then Dean Celtic won 3-4 on penalties. Evergreen A got the better of Freebooters B. It was their first Freebooters clash now and then they have Freebooters A in the Mock Lawler on Wednesday night. We were talking to Gary Marr yesterday. Evergreen 46 managed to defeat St. John's 3-2. So a big result there for Evergreen 46. New Park B lost out to Evergreen B. So now we know that all the Evergreen teams are still in contention. And it'll be a very tense draw for them out in the Kells Road. Freshford United happened to lose out to Freebooters A then. So our teams will be Freebooters A, Evergreen B, Evergreen 46, Evergreen A, Dean Celtic A, Fort Rangers Thomastown United A and New Park A. Joining me in studio now is the chairman of the KDL, Mr. John Corrigan. John, very busy for you. Yeah, busy enough, Shane, and they're great to see. You know, it's great to see lads out on the field again playing games. 
Uh, well, as you said, we're down to the last day. It's actually Evergreen Sea or missing, so they only got three <laughs> of the four. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a, a full house. But um, no, it's great to be down to this stage. Look, we're going to just keep going. We're going to push it through. Um, it, it, it looks like the 11th could be in for the cup final. I know the 18th is there. The problem with the 18th is... It's it's the last day you can play, and if yeah. and happened or like you had a funeral or anything, and it wasn't played, I couldn't play it. Yeah. So we're just going to keep going week after week and get this get this played. Same thing with the with all the other cups, just playing week after week, and like. You know, it's great to be able to do it and, and it's great to see lads out. It certainly is. Divisional Cups now starting on Wednesday night. I know that might be making the Pat Marshall final a bit ambiguous. Is there a tentative date for that as of yet? We're, the committee is meeting and the committee makes the decisions on all finals. The committee is meeting some night during the week, but it looks like it'll be Wednesday, the, the Wednesday week. Wednesday week so Freebooters A and Evergreen A will be meeting in that one hotly contested as it always is between the two rivals but they're going to meet in the Premier Cup on Wednesday night a load of great games tantalising games coming up throughout all the divisions our own Castle Warren Celtic up against River Rangers out on the Kells Road speaking of Evergreen on Wednesday night as well but are we ready to start the draw for the KCLR McCallman Cup? That's it. We're down to we're down to eight. You have a little bag there with eight Leroydies in it. And I do. You can hear the. I'm going to work away then. You can hear the draw. So the first out of the bag is number five. And number five is Fort Rangers. So Fort Rangers, after besting Eddie Clifford's St. Candice's five-one today down the water barracks, they're the first name with a home advantage. They'll be going up against number two. Number two is Evergreen A. Evergreen A. It'll make a change for them. Not playing freebooters now, but <laughs> not a good, hotly contested game, no doubt. Number four. Number four is Dean Celtic A. Dean Celtic, after defeating Callan United on penalties out in the CBS grounds in Callan, they'll have home field advantage out in their fantastic pitch. We'll go up against number six. Number six is Evergreen 46. Evergreen 46 will be going up against Dean Celtic A. So a nice draw there for both teams. Number three is the next ball out of Freebooters the Freebooters A. Freebooters A. No doubt they'll be all listening down by the fair green. They'll be going up against number seven. I'm just writing it down there. Number seven is New Park A. New Park A against Freebooters, another city rival. So that just leaves two names in the hat. The first one with home advantage is number one. That's Thomastown United A. Thomastown United A will be going against number eight. And that's Evergreen B. Some great fixtures there. Robbie, the KCLR sport producer, you will be writing it all down and have it up on scoreline.ie. But can you give us a rundown on all the games? Yeah, it's Fort Rangers will be hosting Evergreen A. Um, Dean Celtic, who overcame Callan on penalties earlier today, will be hosting Evergreen 46. Um, Freebooters A will be a home to New Park A in the town derby. And the final quarter final is Thomastown United A against Evergreen B. Some great fixtures there. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and I, I could nearly tell you now at this stage that all them games will be played at 11 o'clock next Sunday as there's no doubling up of a pitch. And all Evergreen teams are all away. Oh, it makes a change. They might be able to get a hold of the grounds out there. No doubt they'll have a, a lot of blitzes that have been going on out there. Gary Mara was talking about the great work that's been done out on the Kells Road for the schoolboy soccer but a way trip for all those evergreen teams didn't meet each other but they could end up meeting each other in the well, semi-final they could they could they could they, def- they def- definitely could but um, look all the all these teams are the majority of these teams are putting in fantastic as uh, fantastic work in in their grounds you know so and in uh, down down along with their schoolboys and it's it's the schoolboys that count 
like when they look after the school boys most of these lads have played at school by level with these clubs and have stayed with them out belonging on. That's what makes them so strong. And it also helps other clubs going out around. You say, like the likes of ourselves, Castle Warren, who didn't don't have a youth set up at the moment, but did, and we reap the benefits of it. A lot of players came from that, but Robbie has played with a Evergreen before and he's out with Castle Warren. So all other clubs reap the benefits of the great infrastructures of the likes of Freebooters and Thomastown and Evergreen and New Park are getting there as well. All these yeah, other Dean, clubs. Dean Celtic as well. Dean Celtic. The just ones, you know, to what an amazing pitch. Yeah, oh, it's a too old. And now they have a an almost full size all weather pitch so they can play short short sided games. They don't have whenever whenever they feel like it. So they, look, it's fantastic work. They're putting in fantastic money as well as work, you know, and there's there's lads there putting their, their name to loans and things and like you just have to admire what they're doing. Exactly. Well we're admiring what's happening with the KDL. It's a joyous occasion to be able to have soccer back. Robbie, just give us a rundown of all those games once again. Yeah, it's Fort Rangers uh are home to Evergreen A. Eh? Dean Celtic A from Castle Comer will be hosting Evergreen 46 and All Town Derby is Freebooters A take on New Park A and the final quarter final as I said earlier is Thomas N United A versus Evergreen B Looking forward to it John as always thanks very much for coming into the studio and uh, no doubt you'll be back again next week for yeah, the semi-finals As long as the same time suits you just give me the time we'll be back and we'll get it all done and look on behalf of the, the KNDL we want to thank KCLR and yourself for the facility and for sponsoring the competition. It's great. We're just delighted for the content as well, you know. <laughs> we'll be delighted to be out as well. I'll give you a rundown of all the fixtures that are happening as well, starting with Division 3, the Jim Mar Memorial Cup. In the quarter-final stages, Tullerone will host Evergreen 46, New Park B will host Brookville, and St. Canis's will go up against St. John's down the waterbarks. Dean Celtic B are already through on that one. Then in Division 2, Ken and Michael Byrne Cup on Wednesday night Thomastown B will face Freebooter C Freshford Town will go up against Highview Athletic B Castle Warren Celtic will try and best River Rangers always a great clash between us and Spa United A will go up against Bridge United B moving on to Division 1 Cup the Bill Lahey Memorial Cup Ormond Villa will go up against Evergreen C New Park A will take on Fort Rangers Callum United with Stonyford and Evergreen B have a bye in that one then for the Junior Mock Lawler Premier Cup Evergreen A against Freebooters A on the Kells Road 7.30 this Wednesday Freebooters B will take on Thomastown A High Athletic A will face Dean Celtic A and Clover United have a bye in that one so lots and lots of great fixtures coming up and we'll keep you updated as we always try to do here on KCLR just, just one thing in case that um, it hasn't been updated yet the Division 3 Cup games are being played on Thursday night there's too many games for the amount of referees we have midweek so the Division 3 games are all on Thursday night <laughs> Hooked on Health is a new podcast from pro boxer Eric Donovan. He joined Shane O'Keefe on Scoreline to talk all things podcasting and Ireland's Olympic chances. First of all, in the boxing world, it's great getting to getting to chat with you. But someone who has a keen interest in podcasts as well, it's uh, always fascinating when a new podcast comes out and it has the perspective of someone who's uh, been at every level uh, of a sport and disciplined at amateur and at professional level so it's always great to have someone given an insight into what that is you have the new podcast it's called hooked on health how have you found it going and uh, generally how has it been going in general yeah so it was just launched uh, a couple of days ago actually uh thursday morning was the official launch of it um so i've heard a couple of 
uh, responses back from from people who said they found the, the first episode with Ushi McConville very very interesting. Um, you know, as everyone knows, I'm a boxer and boxing has been a huge part of my life. And uh, you know, I'm still I'm, I'm the reigning Irish featherweight boxing champion, but I have huge ambition to become a European champion hopefully this year. And um, but obviously, I'm, I'm in the final chapters of my boxing career. I have to put up my hands and say that. <laughs> um, so I am thinking about other areas of that, other areas that I would like to branch off into and work in. And so when I was I was approached by um, the Go Loud uh, company to to host a podcast um, and to just basically have a chat with people, I was I was even allowed to uh, pick my own guests. And I just said, this is fantastic opportunity because. Another area that I'm very passionate about is is health, mental health uh, specifically. And I've come out, and many people know this, it's no secret that I've spoken about my own troubles, my own difficulties battling emotional turmoil, mental turmoil, and the, the, the consequences of that throughout my career, you know, and the kind of um, the impact that that had on my life. And, and then, of course, asking for help and turning my life around has been a wonderful experience and I just thought that the podcast would allow me to kind of hear more of that but also connect with other people who have similar stories, high profile people, successful people, athletes, uh, comedians, authors, musicians, uh, psychologists, etc. So that's the kind of lineup of guests that I have, people who have uh, who are, like I said, high achievers who have been so successful but have fell down time and time throughout their lives um, and battled their own adversity and their own challenges but managed to turn it all around. So I hope that people will be able to t- like listen to the podcast, learn a lot you know, from about, about life in general, about health, about well-being, but also learn about resilience and resolve and courage and strength and, and learn that we are, we are powerful people. So I hope it's going to be a kind of an inspirational uh, inspiring type of um, of podcast give people a bit of hope well that sounds absolutely fascinating and really interesting I was always kind of thinking about the fact of say from a professional uh, standpoint and not just in boxing in various different jobs and you mentioned comedians there is, is there a particular trade off in when you're striving for success and you're striving for that top level are you kind of the sacrifices that people would have to make to get there, does that have an impact on your mental well-being going forward? You know, relationships get strained and different things happen as you look towards the future constantly because that's what you're doing when you're training. And sometimes it's, it's hard to live in the now when you have this constant goal. So I always found that fascinating. And it's, it'll be great to hear the insight of, of different individuals as yourself as well uh, and get a kind of insight into that perspective. Mm. Yeah, I think you're so right, you hit the nail on the head there because, like, for years and years, I believed that I was only a boxer. You know, that's what I grew up. My education was very, very poor. I left school at 15. I didn't come from an educated family. There was no real emphasis or support put onto my education. So I jumped out of it, like, at school at 15, and I was just put all my eggs in one basket, and I was boxing, and I was very successful. And I was representing Ireland from such a young age, and I was traveling the world, and I never had time to really think. But... I never had time. I never thought that you know one day I'm going to come to the end of my boxing career. You know, I never thought that I should be reskilling or or upskilling or looking at different ways of of um, making it. You know, having different choices, different opportunities for a post boxing career. You know, and I never never felt adequate enough in any other area. So I had the blinkers on, and it was something that um, 
that was a, a bit of a problem for me, you know, because like when you kind of box yourself into a hole like that and you think that you're only a footballer or you're only a boxer and, you know, you're only a runner, like you kind of, you, you, you're stunting yourself, you know, you're kind of putting yourself, uh, you're putting limitations on your capabilities. And, but now I try to, you know, to educate people um, through the podcast, but also just by speaking out that like, you know, we are, we are capable people and we're very, we're adaptable. Like if we can open our mind to things, like I had such a fear of my education. I had such a, I had such a poor educational experience first time around that I almost locked the idea or the possibilities of ever going back to education, locked it away deep down into the basement. Like I never wanted to look at it again. But when I started to open my mind a little bit and warm to the idea that maybe I wasn't ready at that time, maybe now as a more mature adult, and, uh, and and a person who has developed a number of life experiences that maybe now I'm ready. And at 27, I went back into third level education and I upskilled and I re-educated myself. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too bad at it at all. I was pretty dab hand at it, you know. So sometimes we can, t- don't let one experience kind of define your future. Um, and David Gillick actually is one of my guests. He's my third, I think he's a guest on, on the third week. He speaks as well about, feeling almost ill-equipped to deal with life after his running career. You know, he's an Olympian, two-times European champion, Irish record holder, outdoor and indoor over 400 metres. But he was lost as well after at the end of his career. He was kind of like, what do I do from here? You know, where do I go? You know, so like, I just think the podcast is so interesting. It's so insightful. And, you know, the chats, the discussions are, you know, very, very honest and but also like kind of kind of deep as well you know there's some guests that I will go to very deep places with we'll talk about therapy we talk about you know talk about being at the lowest points in our lives talk about being at the highest points and you know I think it's great that we've come so far as a nation uh, that we have lifted the stigma and around mental health I know there's still a lot of judgmental people and all out there but it's wonderful that we can actually have these open and honest discussions about everything and anything that goes on in humans' lives because I, I, I just think it's we can all benefit from it. It, it it's great to hear honestly I, I did up an article there recently in regards to kind of sports athletes because obviously being a sports show you get to speak to a, a lot of the diff- people in different dif- disciplines and you would hear about maybe some young soccer players moving over to England and just been locked in a room until they're training and then getting to release in training and then going back to a room or you know a lot of the pressure that could be heaped upon youth players even so it's great mm. to have a light shined on it from the top and then hopefully that will reverberate all the way down through out the different ranks without a doubt without a doubt like you know there's something in it for everybody I think you know and like it's not all like it's not a doom and gloom podcast you know it's not where like I'm talking just about like the real depths of people being in the depths of despair I'm talking about just you know very interesting things people who are able to kind of offer you a lot of kind of simple little tools and tips to be able to handle situations in life. Like there's a Shane Martin, who's a psychologist that I spoke to and one of the, he'll be one of the guests and he's, he's brilliant. I was listening to one of his webinars throughout the, the big lockdown that we all, you know, that we were all going through and everybody was going out of their minds in this lockdown. And I came across the webinar and Shane Martin was giving it and it was just, he had a simple way. His messages were brilliant. And he has a book out too called, which I only realized, uh, you know, subsequently, um, uh, it's called Your Precious Life, How to Live It Well. So I had a chat with him and he offers just some brilliant, simple little ways of, 
of of dealing with life and life situations. It's just about flicking the switch, you know, about looking at things from a different perspective. Rory Stories, who you might know, Rory O'Connor, was also another guy who I was able to identify with because his education was pretty poor as well. His experience and my experience in, in school were quite similar. And he felt inadequate leaving school. And I was kind of the same. Instead of feeling educated and developed, I felt inadequate and I kind of regressed. But, you know, I'm a successful man now. I'm a successful human being and I've loads of choices and opportunities in my life. But that's not that wasn't because of my schooling experience. It's because of what I done after that, you know. Um, and Rory is the same. He's, um, you know, he, he, he has over one million. And I know that this doesn't mean, you know, it's not a great deal in, in the grand scheme of things. But he has over one million uh, social media followers for his comedy sketches, Rory stories, you know. And he brought a lot of joy and entertainment to people during the lockdown as well. So we talk about his story too. Look, I think there's something in it for everybody. It's going to be real... Uh, well, I hope it goes well anyway. I think people <laughs> will enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. That's all I will say. Hey, does it tie in with your new uh, role as an ambassador for health and well-being for Bearing Point? Well, it, well, it, what it does is it kind of gives me, it, it kind of gives me that reinforces that kind of that position, you know, that I am a health and well-being brand ambassador. So I am, a, I would consider myself an advocate uh, of health and well-being, you know, and any opportunity that I get, whether it's speaking to adults or sports people or students or whatever it is, anybody at all, I I always try and talk about the benefits of being open, being honest, and speaking out. But I'm. When I say that, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying people should be going screaming from the rooftops about all the problems and that, but I think it's just important, just that whole simple little uh, act of having that trusted friend or a trusted uh, mentor or teacher or somebody that you can offload with and you can, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. You know, it's so, so true, you know, and as I, I always say that, look, Life is a journey. None of us are going to get out of here alive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But <laughs> so, so let's try and make the journey the best journey we can. And sometimes to do that, you have to be able to relieve the pressure, relieve the pressure by talking about, you know, your darkest kind of thoughts, the heaviest feelings, if they are overwhelming you. Some people are grand. Some people just sail through life and they're fine. And you know what? I say more power to them. I have a sister like that. She's just a... She's just a, she's a big ball of joy and she's just brilliant. She's so bubbly and nothing seems to really phase her. But other people who do have pressures and do have stresses and that under, you know, talk about them, you know, release that pressure, be able to, if you have somebody to be able to engage with and talk with, I think that can do you a hell of a lot of good. And speaking of journeys, uh, Casey Harrington, Michaela and Aidan Walsh both qualifying for the Olympics and Casey taking gold at the qualifiers. How do you see Team Ireland's chances of bringing home a medal in Tokyo? What do you think is the best prospect for a potential medal? Well, I think it's fantastic. Like, if you'd asked me this six weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have said that we're going to have seven going to the Tokyo Olympic Games. Um, we had two uh, We had two qualified, and then in the last qualifying tor- tournament, the last chance saloon, basically, we got five. And that was a huge number. I was kind of saying maybe hoping for two and uh, expecting two and maybe hoping at a push we might get three. But, you know, we've got now seven overall, and... I think I think you're right. I think the you know Kelly Harrington, Eva Rourke, and Michaela Walsh are the three women going, and then you've Brendan Irvine, Kurt Walker, Emmett Brennan, and Aidan Walsh, brother of Michaela Walsh. So they're the first boxing siblings to ever qualify for the Olympic Games for Ireland. So that's a bit of history in itself, and 
I love the story of Emmett Brennan too, inner city dub, 30 years old, took out a credit union loan in 2019 to fund himself, to back himself. Like that shows you, he was on no funding, no sponsorship, no backing from anybody, but he backed himself and he said, I'm going to give everything I possibly can. And he had the stress of trying to qualify and on top of that, he had financial stress of putting himself in debt. So he's after doing it and that's a real fairy, st- uh, fairy tale story. So look, I'm going to be working on the Olympics for RTE and I just hope that like Ireland, boxing is our number one Olympic sport, and it's it is that for no like uh, it's 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 that because we are uh, a very proud boxing nation, and we punch way above our weight in terms of world boxing. And I do think that the boxing team will be the kind of contenders for bringing home medals this year. I'm going to put. Uh, I'm going to put a make a prediction here. I think this is the first time I've done that as well. I'm going to say three medals I'm going to say two from the women and one from the men oh, Fantastic well we're going to be shouting on from here in Kilkenny Carlo as well just to, quickly before you go your European Super Featherweight title with Mario Alfano was postponed last month due to an injury yeah. uh, was, it, was that hard to take do you expect to, when do you expect to be back or yeah, look, it was a real devastating blow. I was absolutely flying. I was 10 days away from that fight. I was going to fly over to Lombardy in Italy and and make a dream come true. And that's what it was all about. I believed it was my destiny. I still do. The only thing is now that it's going to be pushed down the line a little bit because, yeah, 10 days out, I picked up a rib injury in sparring and I had to pull out a fight, unfortunately. And... Uh, that's just the way of professional sport. It's another, what would you say, it's just another curveball that life is after throwing at me and I try not to think I'm a, I try not to think of the whole thing as an unlucky situation. I just try and find it as a learning situation and I, I hope that, you know, this experience will make me stronger and then when the chance comes back around, which will be probably in around September time, that I'll be able to uh, step up and be better prepared the next time love the positivity Eric and we can go check you out every Thursday the Hooked on Health podcast is it available where most people do their yeah, podcast listening Spotify. yes absolutely Spotify iTunes all the Apple whatever all, on all those major platforms guys so look if you do listen in please um, give it a share or, or, or maybe even give us a little bit of feedback or just a comment I'd love to hear, love to hear your views on it Sticking with boxing, let's hear from Marble City Boxing Club's Gary Keogh. Took that course and, you know, we were, it became highlighted to us how important it just is. Like, um, we were told, you know, for every, if someone was to drop and have a cardiac arrest, for every minute there's no defibrillator presence. The chance of survival is reduced by 7 to 10%, you know, so within three minutes, if the defibrillator is on someone within three minutes, the chance of survival is up to 70%. So that was just one thing that, you know, we were kind of all shocked by this when we saw it. And we said that we have over 150 members, young kids and everything, right up to adults in the club. We said, it's kind of crazy to think about it, that you don't have a defibrillator. You know, you don't have some sort of um, apparatus there that if if the issue ever did arise, that we don't actually have anything there. We're, we're just hoping on an ambulance to get there in time. So... We decided we were going to do a climate crow patch with our boxers, coaches and parents all uh, taking the climate crow patch there tomorrow um, to raise funds. And so far, you know, the support has been absolutely unbelievable. We've, we've raised 1,100 euro and the goal is 1,200 euro um, and it, it's going well at the moment. Yeah, it's it's great to see um, it, these kind of safety measures have been put into places and uh, no doubt it, need, it needs to kind of be more 
made more aware in, in all different disciplines of sports. But uh, uh, boxing is great to see that local people are taking you know, a, a appropriate consideration into a very harsh reality. I'm Clement Crow Patrick, but you've been back somewhat in some capacity training. You mentioned there are 150 members. How has it been since you've been re- 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 able to return? Yeah, look, it's been it's been very good, Shane. Look, the phones have been absolutely hopping now with lads looking to get back um, training. So that's brilliant. We've, we've kind of, at the moment, we've been mixing it up between uh, outdoor and indoor training. So we're actually allowed back indoors now doing individual training at the moment. Um, non-contact indoors unfortunately outdoors we're actually allowed to go back full contact so we're able to get a nice mixture we're able to get our, kind of our bag work and our technical work and everything done inside um, you know the, the lads can jump back into the rings and they can they can go in the bags which is which is great because look that's what they're missing out on and outdoors then we can do our sparring and pattern as well so it's, it's been brilliant um, and you know we're just looking forward to now when we get confirmation that the dates for championships are back and we'll, we'll be ready for whenever they do come so it's going really really good and uh, like we, uh, we've mentioned it before, um, especially when we were talking to Ollie O'Neill and stuff, say the the, the younger people, it's very, it's very, it's concerning that there might be a bit of a drop off rate, or, or in considering, you know, there has been a long layoff, and uh, people might be eager to get back, but they might be appreh- apprehensive to get back as well. Um, have you found that at all that people might be a bit more apprehensive about coming back, or is it just all systems go once again? We have, yeah. Look, I suppose every every sport is in the same boat. We, we have seen um, a couple of kids have dropped off, obviously. And look, there's, you know, that's understandable too. There was a long, long layoff. And boxing is a kind of a sport that you've got to stay, you've got to stay in kind of peak fitness for a long stretch of the year. Um, and, you know, the intensity of the training is, is very high in the boxing. So it's it's understandable that lads, when they get a break, you know, they're kind of, they're apprehensive to return to that kind of level of training again. But look, the majority of, the majority of, of the members in the club have all returned and we anticipate you know, that the, the rest of them will return over the next couple of months when everything is made even clearer and championships and dates and they see lads competing again. You know, they'll, they'll want to get back into it. We've seen that with lads just over the last couple of weeks. Once they're sparring and their paddock and everything kicked back off, you know, straight away lads were back on the phone. You know, they wanted to get back involved. So we know that once championships and everything resume, all the members that we had before will be back and we'll even have more. So look, we're, we're optimistic, very optimistic about uh, the future now. Yeah, fantastic. It's great to see all the clubs kind of coming back. I, myself, playing soccer, was delighted to be able to get back out onto a field. And no doubt there's going to be people out there wanting to get back into the boxing ring. But for people who haven't been a member before, is it still a bit like is it a bit more closed off now because of certain restrictions? Or is it very welcoming in that you're still looking for new members? Oh, no, look, we're still looking for new members, Shane. Um, you know... Uh, because we can do outdoor training as well, there's there's no issues on that front. Um, and, you know, we can suss out lads that kind of want to do for fitness and lads that would like to compete, you know, so it's, it's open for boys and girls from 11 years, from 10 years of age upwards. You know, they just have to get in contact with us. They can message the Facebook club page or they can contact myself. Um, they can just look on uh, for my number on the Facebook page or they can send me a message through Instagram or whatever. Um, there's, there's loads of means to, of communication. Just get in contact with us. There's no problem. Anyone that's ever wanted the box before, you know, just get in contact. You know, it's it's, it's not as daunting as it sounds. Um it's it's a very welcoming club and, you know, we'd be more than happy to, to try and accommodate lads as best as we can. Now, Robbie, Casey Lars, sport producer, if you ever wanted to properly box me in the face, I think uh, the lads at down at Marble City Boxers will be able to train you properly. <laughs> um, Gary, they going back to the GoFundMe then, the defibrillator, uh, where can people um find the information on up on social media, I assume? 
Yeah, so we have the link for our GoFundMe account is on our Facebook page. So Marble City Boxing Club on Facebook. to soccer Gary Marr of Evergreen joined the conversation on Scoreline this past weekend for a chat about the Pat Marr Shield final where it's Evergreen facing freebooters and a look at Evergreen's chances in cup competitions this summer Not too bad thanks Shane it's uh, just, I'd imagine, an absolute joy out in Evergreen Park. You've, you've got your FAI club, Mark. We know that the announcement of the new AstroTurf pitch is coming. And then just being successful on the field as well. You must be having a, a right old time since the return. Yeah, no, I suppose a lot of clubs would have came to a standstill, I suppose, during, uh, during lockdown. But we took it as an opportunity to, to do things in the club. And like that, the club, Mark, and all. Like, look at all our stuff and that. Our coaching badges, our coaching courses for all our coaches, all our vetting, all our safeguards. We got all of them in order while we were in lockdown. And then the opportunity came to with the merge to do the uh, second Astro, which we'll be starting hopefully in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks to be ready for, for October time. So, yeah, all is good. And just, just like you say there, trying to keep the success on the pitch now to follow with that is, is the important thing. Yeah, that certainly is. And it's all going to... If The first kind of trophy up for grabs is the Pat Marr Shield. It's going to be a tough test against that freebooter side. We know the historic rivalry between the two clubs, but uh, how, how are you prepared coming into that game? Yeah, look, we've we've had we've had a tough run over the last couple of weeks. In fairness, like we had to go down to the Wednesday before we had to actually go down and play Thomastown Thomastown away, and we came out there one 0 which is a really tough battle in the night. I suppose after eight or nine months without playing a game, and next you know you're you're thrown into the deep end, kind of against one of your main rivals uh, as such. And it was a really tough draw. We would have felt had a couple of matches under our belt before we went in there, but we came out with that match in a one 0 with a one 0 win, and then we saw the draw that we were heading over to New Park the following Wednesday night. We knew that was going to be another, another huge test, another huge battle. And that's what it turned out to be. So we're just, we're just delighted to come through and be in the final. And that's the thing, like the, the just the turnaround of games, and it's great having the competitions back. But the turnaround of games is quite extensive, and it's it's quite heavy on on a lot of players' legs. Uh, we know that the McCallum Cup is coming up now, and you'll be uh, going out in that as well. You'll be taking on uh, Freebooters B, so you'll be going up against who Freebooters A defeated in the semi final. Uh, tomorrow so like uh, lots and lots of games how are the players holding up yeah like we, we, we definitely lots of games lots of legal lots of knocks so we have to manage uh, we have to just take it game by game and manage it so we had a couple of knocks going into the match on uh, on Wednesday night so we managed it and we left we, we took the risk of leaving out four lads who would have started in Thomastown we came through the match without them four we didn't need to use them some very big names and experienced players like Neil Andrews Sean Barco Decky McQuill and Sam Hickey we had the luxury of resting them four players on Wednesday night they'll be back in contention now to play tomorrow morning so we have a big squad here. We've always said it that we've had. We have a very strong twenty-man squad here, and we have to trust in every one of them players. So to, it's a four-week sprint here for two trophies, and that's what our mindset is, and just to use the squad fully and to 
rotate as best we can and keep everyone fresh and keep everyone playing. Well, speaking of squads as well, just the, the sheer amount of uh, members of the club is, is, is staggering. I was talking to Davy Roach there. He has the uh, Roach's injury clinic down there by the Village Inn and uh, he, he, he told me to say that he got a hat-trick last weekend as well. So well done there to you, Davy. But like, you have Evergreen 46, you have Evergreen B, you have Evergreen C, 46 and B are still in the McCallman Cup as well, as well as yourselves. It's just staggering amount of uh, people that are devoted to playing for Evergreen. Yeah, we have about 800 members playing members at the moment out here. I'm actually out here as I'm speaking to you now on the Kells Road and I'm watching there's an under-13 girls match. We have an under-8, uh, or, sorry, under-10 blitz here going on against uh, against Freebooters. So it's, it's great just to come out and just see people playing again. Great to see the pitches being used. Same this morning, our under-12s were playing high view. Just just great to have all everyone playing football and uh Members are thriving, and our junior set is, is no is no different. We have four junior teams across the across the three divisions, and it's just great to see and great to see people still have the appetite and want to come out here and play their football. And and uh, it was a great win for the forty sixes last week for David Roach getting the hat trick. Great <laughs> win for the boys to get through to the to get through to the. But I'm sure he'll be telling everyone about it. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned Davy Roach got a hat trick in that game just uh, up against Brookfield. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. no, but it, it's fascinating to see, especially with, with all the the young players. You're saying that you're out there at blitzes and you're out at under 13s, and it's easily kind of forgotten when we talk about soccer uh, on, say, the radio. We we generally deal with the junior side of things, but the lifeblood of clubs come from the youth setup, and no better setup than than what uh, the likes of yourselves have, or Freebooters, or Thomastown as well, that they're providing these avenues for kids who have lost out on a lot during the pandemic and then when they see that the club has been successful getting to Pat Marshall finals and stuff it gives them the impetus to kind of keep pushing forward yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it's great to see over the last no weeks with all the clubs getting back, and I think all the clubs have put in a lot of effort to to get their get their teams back playing and their members back playing. So there was a, the phone has been off the hook with, with, with friendly matches and teams looking to come out and play, and it's, it's just great. See, it does it does it, it starts at the top of ourselves, I suppose. With, with and we want to keep the success going there. We're in a, we're in the Pat Marshall final. We want to go and want to go and perform in that final day, and we want to get the go home with the trophy. We want to perform tomorrow morning. We want to take it game by game. We have free boot speed tomorrow morning in the McCallum Cup. Something that we're looking forward to, but again, we know it's going to be another huge test, uh, another match within four or five days, and then we have to go again next Wednesday night in the Premier Division Cup against Freebooters. Eh? So it's it's coming thick and fast, but it's look, we're all the fourth crying and complaining that we were missing our football for the last nine or ten months. Now that we're back playing games, we just have to we have to get on with it. Yeah, I was just about to say as well with the Mock Lawler Premier Cup, you're going up against Freebooters as well. I, I don't think there's a date set for the Pat Mar Shield as of yet. Maybe there is, and you, you might be able to enlighten us, but. Would you be using this uh, Freebooters Day again? Like, how do you prepare for that if you know that you're going to be playing them very, very soon again in another uh, competition and this time a final? Uh, look, yeah, first of all, there's no, there's no, we've no day confirmed as of yet for the Pat Maher. Pat Maher Shield final, look, we're waiting, I suppose, the league. I think we're waiting to see how the next round or two goes in the McCallum Cup and see where there's dates freed up and that. But look how we prepare. We go into that match. We'll just get through, hopefully get through tomorrow morning and then we'll, we'll weigh up and see what lads we've how lads are feeling, have we any niggles, have we knocks, and again, we'll use, we'll use the squad, we have a big squad, um, we'll use them, and we'll, we'll put out what, what we have available on Wednesday night, we'll see how we go, we'll take it game by game, there's no fighting, I suppose, going out trying to be too clever, and, and resting lads, and taking lads out, again, it's just, you have to take every game as it comes, taking on Smirt, and, and deal with it game by game. And going up against Freebooters as well, you know the, the the rivalry between the two clubs, which is always healthy and it's a, it's always great to see. And I got to partake in in the game for Freebooters playing against Evergreen and for Evergreen playing against Freebooters. Um, but like it, it's always a nice uh, rivalry to have. Does it add a bit more of kind of not 
discounting any of the other teams either, by the way, but does it add a bit more incentive as well? Your next three games as Evergreen A manager is up against the Blue Lads of Freebooters. Yeah, look, it's always nice to say Freebooters. I suppose the beauty of, of the way it is at the moment is that when we play Freebooters, is you're talking about summer nights, you're hopefully looking at uh, nice nights that's going to put massive crowd. There's always massive interest in, in these matches when they, when they come around, you know, and that adds to the whole the whole, you know, rivalry as well, that you want to be involved in these matches. You're training, you're training nine or ten months of the year and, and a couple of the fixtures that you do look forward to is the matches with, with freebooters, whether they're in, out in the Kells Road or whether they're in the Fair Green or in Derrimus, wherever they're played. They, they wet the appetite of all the neutral. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone wants to talk about them matches. So that's going to add to the spice over the next couple of weeks that people are going to go. It's going to bring a massive crowd. Um, and that they're matches you want to be involved in. They're the matches you want to take part in. They're the matches you want to win. Um, so we're we're usually looking forward to them. Whatever tests come over the next few weeks, we feel we're ready. We're prepared very well over the last the last number of weeks. We're fit. We have a big squad. They're raring to go. So we're, there are challenges that we're looking forward to. And how are you fitting in the training then in between all the matches as well? You know, Neely Andrews uh, has been on the on the scene for for a long, long time. But you'd have younger players and older players. And uh, how how are you managing that? Are you still getting to keep getting a few training, even though the matches are coming thick and fast? Yeah, like we, we have, you know, we, you know, as you mentioned, David Rose, like we've been in doing a couple of recovery sessions with him at times. We get some of the lads in there to that. If lads haven't played, we, we, we take, again, we take it game by game, not, not trying to bother off but we do take game by game. We see the way we come through tomorrow morning. If we are fully fit, we might train again Monday night, go through a few things uh, ahead of Wednesday night. If not, we go and we just prepare on Wednesday and maybe train again on Friday. So you have to take it week by week, see how tough the matches. You don't know what you're going to get tomorrow morning. There's cup football, you Hopefully you get the win in 90 minutes, but if you don't, you have to go to the, the pool, you might have to go to penalties, extra time, you don't know what, what, what way you're going to be, so there's no point in flogging everyone, the recovery is as much as important now as the, as the play in the matches, you know, making sure let's get the right recovery and the rest. Well, we're looking forward to it, being out in Dirty Miss is always a joyous occasion, because it always means there's a final going on, and we're looking forward to it covering it here at Case, you know, we're actually out, Castle Warren Celtic are out in Evergreen Park on uh, Wednesday night, up against River Rangers as well, so we're getting to use the great facilities out there, um, but yeah, look, wish you the best of luck, Gary, and we're looking forward to covering everything, and uh, hopefully we'll have a, you'll have something to celebrate about. Hopefully, please God, that's, that's the goal, the expectation. And hopefully, next few weeks we'll we'll go hard at these two to three trophies, and hopefully, we'll have some some silverware to show at the end of it. Lastly, it's over to Greyhound Racing. Let's hear from Kevin Hennessy. Yeah, look, we're down to the quarter final stage now. The third round was on last night, so we've we've officially hit the the halfway mark. Three rounds under the belt. Three more rounds to go. It was a much better night for the Irish last night. Um, probably the one that caught everyone's imagination was in the last heat of the night. Dear Jet Sydney, the reigning champion, Pat Buckley's charge. No Greyhound was really coming away from trap one. Well, um, he popped out, made all in a giant fastest time of the night, 29-29. The other fastest time of the round goes to another Irish dog. That was all about Ted for Peter Crow and Peter who is, is, is familiar, very familiar with the English Greyhound Derby. He's been to the final a couple of times looking to, to lift it for uh, managed to get a win in it and all about Ted giant fastest time in the round he's a young dog going in the right direction and he was mightily impressive um, my own charity bet and our own ground here Beach Avenue he qualified again in second he goes in the fourth quarter final next Saturday night the best quarter final in my opinion of the four heats but um, down to the quarter final stage plenty of interest in it plenty of Irish runners and it's really hotting up now and coming a bit more closer to home, as always, Friday night, there's a lot of running going on out in the Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. I heard Asian Prophet had a very good night in the semi-finals. 
He did, Jed. So this is the end to uh, unrace take a real nice end to competition. I think one or two of these could go on to be top open class. And Asian Profit is definitely one. Owen McKenna, who just had a weekend to remember, will come to Owen's winnings on Saturday night shortly. But he just had a really good weekend. And Asian Profit got it off to a flyer on, on Friday night in, in, in town there. He wouldn't be the blessed with early pace, but he paced up well to the corner. And, and once he got up and led up, he, he was always going to be very hard to beat. He was trying to beat Murray. Sawdust Hondo, a length and a half in the fastest semi-final win, 29-24. The two of them look to be the main protagonists in the final for me. I think the winner will come from one of those two, but I wouldn't go against Murphy's dog. I think Murphy's dog, if he could smarten up to the traps, is more than capable of leading up Owen's dog. And if Sawdust Hondo goes on in the final in front, I think he'll stay there. Um, Crafty Bonanza was third in that going into the final as well. The second semi-final was a completely alternative affair. It was very, very messy up front. Um, the Lacken dog, Lacken Park, he, he completely missed the break and, and found early trouble. He would have been out done to win the race. Unfortunately, he had to bow out. But Beaming Scarlet managed to come out on top in 29.73 from Mad About Cody and Stories Matty giving Murty Latty two runners in the final. The final, the draw for the final, Crafty Bonanza in one, Beaming Scarlet two, Asian Prophet three, Stories Matty four, Mad About Cody five, and Sawdust Hondo in six. So 2,000. 700 euros to the winner on Friday night at the track and I think I'd be if I was pushed for a selection I'd go with six Sawdust Hondo for Marty Lai Yeah Sawdust Hondo was the kind of name on your lip last week uh, after a sensational yeah. night the, the previous Friday night but it all, it all can change uh, Shelburne then how, how did everything go there is probably one of the bigger nights there recently It was it was the final of the Oaks and this Oaks was just incredible it really was from about the quarter final stage you could have picked seven or eight pitches in the the competition and if any of them had won it would have been a very very good winner and the winner ended up being Susie Sapphire for Owen McKenna again he was on fire at the weekend she absolutely came out to the bars led to the first corner a little bit of trouble in behind and she scooted clear and off the second bend she was ne- it was never in doubt. She 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 pulled clear and she crossed the line in twenty eight fifteen. Not many ladies have gone on to win the Puppy Oaks and then follow it up and win the Oaks itself. She's done exactly that. She won the Puppy Oaks earlier in the year. She's now backed it up and won the Oaks. She's certainty to win Bitch of the Year in my opinion, and she's a bitch with a massive 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 future. Billy's diva. Um, was very unfortunate. She went to went to box as the favourite for the Kendys, and and she just didn't get look on her side she got a little bit of trouble at the first bend encountered a little bit more trouble off the second bend and that was her race ran sort of she ended up finishing third but take nothing away from the winner a brilliant performance from Susie Sapphire who for me is only going to go from strength to strength also on Saturday night in Tralee we had the race of champions and for anyone out there when the derby is coming up explosive boy who recently won the Padre Stakes was just simply incredible. He adds to the pot another 15,000 euro check. This lad was bred by the Kennedys in Erlingford. He's now trained by Pat Gilfoyle for Peter Sutcliffe. He's a good news out delightful girl. He's just awesome. He's brilliant early pace. He was favourite to win the Kirby, which he could have easily won. And he's gone on to win the Padre Stakes and now the race of champions. He will be the Derby favourite come the time the Derby starts here, the Irish Ground Derby. And I'll tell you one thing, if he keeps running the way he is, it's going to take something spectacular to beat him because he's lightning from the boxes. He stays well enough. And crossing the line in 29.36, he broke the track record there last week, 29.22, 29.36 this week, crossing the line three lengths, an easy winner. And um, yeah, explosive by the dog that everyone in Ireland and England, I think, is going to have to try and try and beat for the rest of the year because he set a, a serious benchmark at the moment. 
And speaking of the rest of the year, what do we have coming up in the rest of the week? Anything to look forward to on the Irish side of things? We know we still have the English Derby still going ahead, but on the Irish side of things, what's coming up? Yes, we had the final into Kenny on Friday night, so that's that's something to really look forward to. And then on Saturday night, we sort of switch codes, and it's more focused on the stairs. The biggest staying competition of the year comes up in Shelburne on Saturday night, the Cornfield Cullen. It's worth 10,000 euros to the winner, and... um, that promises to be a cracking event and there was a, a nice 7.50 in Shelburne Saturday night. We managed to win the race actually with Sports Bingo. So he'll go for it and Priceless Jet will go for it and they'll be accompanied by plenty of other high quality stairs. So that's a big event starting in Shelburne on Saturday night and we also have um, a puppy competition starting in Shelburne on Saturday night as well for January pups over the 550 yard distance. So all those good pups that we saw in the likes of the Kirby and the Project Stakes, there's a nice 550 coming up over the, the Derby distance uh, the Derby traps the same distance, same track. So uh, there will be some superstars coming out, I'm sure, on Saturday night as well. And that's it for Scoreline Extra this week. You can subscribe, as always, for free or follow the podcast anywhere you do your podcast listening, especially on scoreline.ie. The live show is Scoreline on KCLR. Catch it every weekend from 2 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. And if you fancy another podcast, why not check out the Football Manager Football Show with brand new episodes every Friday evening.